This episode of 321 Lay On Podcast is brought to you by LARPBox, a monthly subscription box for LARPers by LARPers. Go to LARPBox.com and use the promo code 321PODCAST to receive 10% off your next purchase. And a huge thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Kate, also known as Noob Mama. Thank you very much, Kate, and be sure to check out Noob Mama on Facebook for weekly nerdy comics, and you can support both the Noob Mama and Next Level Nerd by visiting patreon.com. So there's like an effect on your camera, like right-click your portrait, and it says unblur background. No, it's just how my face looks. <laughs> witness protection. She's a vampire. Yeah, witness protection. <laughs> Welcome to 321 Leon Podcast, Next Level Nerd's podcast about live-action roleplay. On this show, we're trying to learn as much as we can about LARP and anything else that we happen to find interesting. If you want to connect with us, just visit nextlevelnerd.com and you can see our other podcasts. we got shows on gaming, movies, TV, comics, and who knows what else. Welcome to the show. My name is Ashton. Today we got our full lineup, finally. It's been a busy winter, spring. But uh, we have Evan. Hey. And Joseph. Back in the saddle again. Yeah. <laughs> Our guests this evening, creators of the post-apocalyptic LARP post-pandemic, we have Dom and Brittany joining us. How you doing tonight? Hey, thanks for having us. Hi. Hi, thanks. So I think I received an invite to your Facebook group from a, a mutual acquaintance, uh, and that's, I think, how I heard about the game. <laughs> looks Looks very interesting. It'll be played in... Lancaster, PA, Eastern PA mm -hmm. area. Going to be a brand new game, correct? Yes, uh, we just relaunched it. We had like a bunch of play tests about two years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and we uh, shelved the game, and now uh, we retooled it for a slightly different crowd, and uh, we're relaunching in August. Cool. Why don't you uh, start by telling us a little bit about yourselves? I come from uh, mainly Boffer Games. Uh, I okay. started about 20 years ago uh, in Darkon. Uh, okay. Very fond of my ho my home game. Um, uh, moved up uh, to Pennsylvania. You know, tried out a bunch of different things. I was also really into uh, Mind's Eye Theater. Did a lot of that. So uh, story LARPs weren't uh, aren't completely foreign to me. Yeah. I'm a uh, I'm still kind of a baby. I, uh, I'm only 23. I just started maybe three years ago. I've done pretty much every genre that you can imagine. Uh, fantasy, sci-fi, supernatural, Wild West. I've been to a bunch of different LARPs. Never really found one that I could call home until now. Nice. And how did you first hear about it? Uh, LARPing? Um, yeah. That's a that's a story and a half. I uh, was having a hard time mentally. Um, I was in I was in a bad place. I had uh, went to a uh, punk rock flea market in the area, and there was a table for uh, my the first LARP that I ever started uh, ever went to Doomsday. Uh, took a business card, left it in my car, didn't ever think about it. Uh, I decided at one point in time that I needed to do something for me. Um, I needed uh, a weekend to myself. So the Friday night of the game, I quickly grabbed costuming from my closet and the stuff I needed and just went there. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been to a LARP before, never been gaming before. I didn't know anybody there, and I just jumped in headfirst, and I loved it. Wow. Yeah, it does sound like its own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, we, we know uh, some of the people that run Doomsday. Uh, they play it our, our uh, regular game sometimes. So that's cool. And how about yourself, Tom? How did you first get into LARPing? Uh, actually, it was a, uh, a college group. I... Uh was walking through uh, the quad on the way to class one day, and there were a bunch of dudes with uh, boffer swords just beating each other up. And I was like, where has this been all my life? 
<laughs> so I wandered over and I made some friends and uh, they drafted me into uh, Darkon and I did that until I moved to Pennsylvania. So nice. uh, maybe maybe 10 years. Nice. Born and off again. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And have you staffed games in that time or? Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even in Darkon, I uh, served on their Senate. Uh, represented uh, my my country, um, and then I've also uh, w- uh, staffed a few uh, events uh, for Dagger here, um, another buffer game, um, and uh, I- I've run some like one shot LARPs for some friends of mine, and uh, they're always like, uh, you know, you should just make your own game, and I didn't do it. Um, until uh, a bunch of my friends from their own home games to different games either didn't feel safe or they were having like uh, bullying problems or mm. you know toxicity problems and stuff and uh, so I, I got uh, I decided I wanted to have a, a buffer game that was a, a, a less toxic atmosphere for people that aren't necessarily you know, full-on sports, you know, fighter fighter types. I wanted to make a, a buffer game that was a little more relaxed and a little bit, you know, easier for people to come into no matter what their athletic ability is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where, where we uh, started the idea from anyway. Nice. And you said that was a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm, yeah. Nice. Yep. And uh, and along the way, you know, we've uh, we picked up uh, people either from uh, LARPs that were ending or had mm-hmm. uh, had folded, and they were just looking for a new game. And the game is highly uh, community based; like the rules are all uh, player suggested. Um, you know, the members vote on stuff. We try to like be a real transparent game so that you know the players know why we're adding rules, what the rules are, are for, and, you know, just try to make people feel like they're as much a part of the creation and the running of the game uh, as they are playing it. And I, I think mm-hmm. that that give, gives people a, a little bit more um, drive to do stuff in the game because they know that they have a little bit more power in it. Sure. Yeah, yeah get some feel a bit more, more like, invested yeah. and buy-in. Feel mm-hmm. like it's been a while. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, what made you, uh, Brittany, throwing it over to you, what made you kind of want to be a, a leader of, of the factions, which we'll get into in a bit? I don't know. It just um, it seemed like an interesting concept. I really liked the idea of being able to jump into this LARP and, and help out. Um, and I mean, this is not like an NPC that I'm going to be playing. This is my PC character. This is okay. something that I've come up with, something uh, I, I'm making... The, the band. I'm making the group. This is my idea. I just, oh, cool. I thought that was a cool way to jump into a LARP. Yeah, one of the things is we, we do have some uh, set NPCs that have story arcs to them and everything, but when we need um, uh, an antagonist or something, I'd much rather like go to the players, see who's interested in, in doing something like that, and working with them to create something they want to play rather than like force them to like be you know generic bad guy number 4 because you just get better ideas when you work with other people than if you just you know focus on your the stuff in your head sure and now did you kind of just pose um, that possibility, like, hey, who wants to start a group? Or did you have people in mind as far as sort of starting these factions? Or This whole thing started off as three page, pages of rules called the $20 LARP. <laughs> and okay. it, it was designed to be a buffer game that anybody could, could play with stuff out of their closet. And uh, originally, it was just people going out and making creative armor out of stuff they could find. And uh, we started getting people that were more interested in 
story-driven uh, LARP. So we sat down. I worked out with a couple of our other writers, and we sort of created this this post-apocalyptic world uh, where people could really like reflect themselves and like be as creative as they wanted to be without like restraints like races or uh, um, cultures that they had to fit a mold to. It's mm. you come up with a, a character and can you build the kit for it? There, that That's where you get your character from. There's not a, a set list of identities that people choose from. It's even our skill system is you, you choose a profession Mm-hmm. Which is just basically how you survived uh, the end of the world. And, you know, your starting gear. From there, you build your own skills. You pick which skills you like, you know, to tailor it to fit your play style. You know, nobody ha- nobody's going to have the same character as you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, let's back up a bit and kind of set the stage, the setting for everyone. So it's it's post-apocalyptic and sort of the catalyst or main event is is in the rules right mm-hmm yep uh the uh the setting is um it's near future so things uh when things collapse it's pretty much what we 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 see today you know um you know obviously there's going to be advancements but a uh, a disease has uh effectively uh wiped out most of the human population most of the people who do survive the uh, uh, disease are driven completely, completely insane from uh, the illness. Those people who are left that are unaffected have moved out of the cities because they're completely taken over by the infected and uh, live in small communities, you know, on the fringes of where the, uh, the world used to be pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game actually takes place uh, about 15 years after the world has collapsed. So um, you know these 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 tribes and factions are uh, starting to uh, actually make a little bit of progress in rebuilding the world the way uh, they want it. So I could play myself. Well, I guess not. I guess it's about 20, 30 years. Yeah. 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 So I'd be. <coughs> Excuse me. Be a bit older, but that might be fun. <laughs> See if I can still survive already. Yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 real world, so it's anything that you know we have now, you have access to. Mm-hmm. So you know you don't have to you know go out and buy plate mail or anything like that. You can go to a junkyard and load up on stuff there and see what you can make. Uh, I have armor that's uh, made out of uh, street signs uh, and license plates. Nice. I'm making a scale mail... Scale, I'm making scale mail armor out of um, metal bottle taps, tops. Oh, yeah. So sort of that scrapper, Mad Max-ish kind of aesthetic. Yeah, and uh, each faction kind of has their their own aesthetic. Uh, the three factions are the survivors, which are your normal people, pretty much. They're the people that just want to survive, you know, make, uh, you know, bring the world back to what it was, roads and whatnot. Um, then you have the lawless, and they are just your insane raiders, you know, that you can think of from Mad Max or Fallout. Mm-hmm. And then there's the outsiders, and they're the ones that are just completely driven out from the rest of society. They don't they don't want to rebuild anything, but they don't really believe in wanting bloodshed either. So they're kind of uh, a pneumatic uh, people made up of all the people that nobody else wanted. <laughs> sure. So will the players be kind of separate wherever you end up playing, or will everyone be together... There's a there's always gonna be a town area. And okay. towns are neutral territories where the factions try and play nice with each other. Mm-hmm. Once you step outside of town, it's anybody's game. And the factions kind of create their own storylines that nobody has any uh say over. The war leaders are gonna be plotting against each other to try to dominate each other and take 
take control. Meanwhile, the game runners are going to be uh, setting up st larger story arcs for people to follow that just really kind of set the setting for these, you know, either overtly violent plans or poten potentially it leaves room for sort of very uh, backdoor political uh, role play. It's really uh, open to how people want to manipulate this world. And players do. The players are going to do the the game writers spend more time reacting to what the players do than we do giving them things to do. Right. Interesting. Just reading the, the death kind of system that you have. It's not permanent unless you what, like run out of food? Yeah, there's there's three ways that you can permanently die. If you run out of food, you starve to death. Food is like the main thing uh, you want in the game. Food fuels your special abilities. Food keeps you alive. Food can also be used to help prevent getting sick. Uh, so if you run out of food, you start starving to death. Uh, there, is a, there is a time period in which you starve to death and somebody can give you food. You're not just going to run out of food. Oops, you're dead. But you can starve to death by uh, not having food for a, a significant period of time. Uh, the second way is actually contracting the, the disease, uh, which is CHF. Um, and CHF, once your character gets it, your character's going to die. You have time to, like, arrange your character's death and everything and, you know, do whatever you want. But if you, you get it, that's going to be the end of your character. The last way, and this isn't something that uh, we throw out all the time, but we do have lethal NPCs. And lethal NPCs are just there to keep the horror element and the survival element there. We want people to be afraid. You know, there is that element, oh my god, I don't want to die. So we have NPCs that can execute players. If you're killed by one of these NPCs and they survive, they can go through and take heads. And if, if they execute you, that's the end of your character. For the most part, we don't try to do a lot of permadeath. We like to give people uh, a lot of options. Dying in combat doesn't kill you. Dying in combat, we have a respawn system. Mm -hmm. So there's you don't have to worry about a lot of the battles and everything. Just enjoy fighting. But at yeah. the same time, there is an element of you can die, and those threats do exist in this world. Gotcha. So, like, player to player, or as far as PvP goes, right. yeah, there isn't that kind of, like, a player can't just, like, kill you, or I guess no, what you say is execute you. You can respawn. Correct. correct. Mm -hmm. there is, there's no PvP permakills, unless that's worked out between two players, and that's how they want to retire a character. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Good story. <laughs> hey, sometimes it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. And uh, the game is kind of described as more fast-paced, not lightest touch, a little harder combat. Um, I, I call it medium contact. Uh, sure. We don't, uh, you know, we don't throw ourselves uh, at each other. We, you right. know, we full contact tackle. Uh, we do jostle people around with our shields. We do hit a little bit harder. Uh, we do also have a, uh, a headband system, though. For, okay. Uh, either if you're a non-com, that's the, please don't hit me, I'm a non-com, I don't want to fight, and you can simply be tagged out. We have a light combat headband for people who are might have health problems, but they still want to be involved in the adventure, and the light combat headband is, you know, take it easy on me. Uh, because we want everybody to be able to play. Everybody should be able to play. We don't want to exclude anybody just because they have sure. bad knees or they they have a, a you know some other illness. Right. No, that's cool. Yeah, I actually played a summer or two ago. There was a small game in upstate New York that was also kind of like a cyberpunk post-apocalyptic, and that was that's how he described it as the combat. Also, was medium touch. So they were they were swinging, and you felt it. But, you know, it wasn't anything crazy. Like, I didn't, I didn't get hurt. And right. they, they leaned into more of a kind of a theatrical experience of, like, you know, putting on a show for everybody there. So it feels kind of real and uh, it's more exciting that way or whatever. 
mm-hmm. and they, and they also didn't call damage. It was just like everything does one hit. Um, so it it was even a little bit more immersive that way too. Mm-hmm. So and it worked well. It was a younger player base, uh, but I thought it worked worked really well. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Our our our, uh, our hit system is very sim- similar to that. Most melee weapons do one hit of damage. The only difference between a one-hander and a two-hander is two-handers break shields, two-handers tear through armor a lot faster. Mm-hmm. They do they, they do the same amount of physical damage to, to the player outside of that. Guns are... Uh, we do allow nerf guns. Guns are extremely uh, devastating weapons, but we limit how much ammo is in play because we want this to feel survival. We want people to go... I need to hang on to these bullets because I don't know what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to kind of foster that. Um, we also have archery and archery is actually one of the most effective ranged combats in the game because you can reuse arrows and you can't reuse bullets. I see. Cool. Yeah. it sounds uh, way different than our game. <laughs> no dig on them. It's still fun, but it's a bit more old fashioned. I'd say. I think they'd all have to agree. <laughs> I ha- I'd have to because I'm right here. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I worked a lot on the rule system for the game's called Frontier Dawn. The, the game we came from, which ended, and then starting a new game, we wanted to keep the same kind of at least like lightest touch that everybody was kind of familiar with. So that's just what worked. Mm-hmm. We had such a mix of players. Like uh, we had a lot of heavy boffer players coming in that weren't necessarily like, you know, heavy swingers or anything, but they were, you know, still more aggressive than any of the latest touch players we had. And we made the game, we wanted it to be that bridge. We wanted that to be the difference with our game is we still have all the boffer combat and, you know, a little bit of that aggression, but we still focus on story and, you know, characters more than just fighting. Of course, mm-hmm. then we also have our pit fights and our pit fights are specifically set up for our heaviest fighters. And that's just, you know, two people get into a ring and go ham on each other. <laughs> nice. nice. Only the conscious one left wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stuff like that. finally out here. She's trying on my armor. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, an idea of the number of players you'll have? We started real small with about, uh, there's Maureen, she's uh, my fiancé, also she's one of the uh, rules writers for uh, this pandemic. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. You made that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. That's uh, one of the big projects right now is getting uh, armor and stuff done uh, before August. Sure. Um, Because we're all really excited. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, pre-reg opens tomorrow for the August event, and uh, that's gonna. We're really excited about. It. Uh, you were asking about numbers, and yep. uh, of course, I'm expecting fifteen to twenty-five people. Okay. That's the the hopeful outlook on that. We went from six players six months ago to now we have like seventy-five members in our in our group. I don't honestly know how many people are actually going to show up if uh, it might be a little bit more than that. A better idea after this weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you had a couple play tests. They were a while ago or recently? Sorry. Uh, they were, well, we had, we had some uh, recently, but we started okay. play testing about two years ago. We uh, were getting ready to run some events and then life just got in the way with, with everybody and we, we shelved it. And then um, some uh, more friends of mine uh, were looking for a new home LARP. And so we decided, well, maybe it's about time to pull post-pandemic out. My son's a little bit older now. You know, I can, you know, focus a little bit of my time on uh, writing and, you know, working on stuff for the game now. And Maureen, did you want to introduce yourself and give a little background to your LARP history or anything? My name's Maureen. My very first LARP was uh, Doomsday. Okay. And I went from that to uh, I met Dom at Dagger here, so that was a complete different thing because people were actually taking swings at us. 
And how long ago was that? Three years ago. Okay, nice. Thanks. I've always been a fan of post-apocalyptic stuff, so I'm excited about this. And you helped with rules, or you're running a faction, or? A lot of what I do is when we're looking for venues, I, I call around, I make arrangements. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm out in the shed with the power power tools, working on the armor. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, calling places to like schedule events and see if they'll even have you is a job in and of itself. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm so grateful that she does that for me because like I'll send her a list of like 15 places like Maureen, will you call these people for me? <laughs> Yeah. And she does. She does. She uh, actually the location we're using now, I I, I found by uh, complete accident, and she contacted them, and they were just so excited about you know having us out there. They were just like so willing to work with us, uh, okay. you know, make extra room for us to have uh, more fighting area and stuff like that. The site's a little bit primitive. From what uh, some of uh, some of our members are are used to, like our first event's going to be a tenting only event. Okay. The people are just you know they they've opened up this entire farm for us to use. Wow, oh, cool. And uh, so yeah, we're really excited about you know the setting. And since we do a real world setting, we're not trying to pretend that the farm is somewhere else. The players are actually fighting over control of the farm because it's a nice. good resource to create food. So yeah. whichever faction wins the event controls the farm. Nice. That's sweet. The cows off in the field are really there. <laughs> <laughs> I a don't heads, don't but... actually kill them. <laughs> yeah, the owners actually, they were so excited about it that they are going to try to make bales of hay into like barricades. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, they were. I I just couldn't believe how uh, welcoming Drager Farm, Drager, Drager, Drager Farm, was to us when we went out there and met them. They're just like super excited. They want to come out and take pictures of us, you know. So they want to advertise us on their uh, Facebook and stuff. Yeah, we uh, we definitely found a, a really neat partner in them. Uh, so they're going to make characters? Oh, that would be cool, but I don't think they will. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're, an old, they're, they're a slightly older couple. No. You got headbands for that's that. True. <laughs> that's true. I, I just don't see them running around with swords and shields. That's uh... <laughs> uh, Who knows? I mean, if they want to, I'll give them, I'll give them a sword and shield, and they can absolutely uh, go for it. <laughs> no, you give them a Nerf shotgun. All ham. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see him turn his tractor into a post-apocalyptic tractor and come out there spinning <laughs> weapon over his head. Shooting out of it. Yeah. Are you kid? <laughs> he's got a he's got a lance just mowing <laughs> <laughs> people over, literally. <laughs> well, there you go. There's main mod. Yeah, he's right. You're welcome. <laughs> he has his own faction. He's a farmer who's trying to keep his land. <laughs> Get off my property. <laughs> no, that sounds great. Uh, and how long will the event be? Full It'll weekend? Be, uh, or? Three days. It'll be uh, it's August 9th, 10th, and 11th. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Setup's going to be uh, Friday afternoon. The game's going to start Friday night. The main game is going to go till Saturday night. Sunday's cleanup, but we also do some uh, like pickup battles and little stuff on uh, Sunday as not to waste the day just doing boring stuff. Sure. That's all. If anybody's still alive. <laughs> that's always the rest i know like when we're running games like we have to do layoff like saturday night because the next day we're like at a state park i think you guys actually posted that you were looking into french creek state park that's it's actually it's a decent place it's not the best i've ever been to but you know they have cabins they're a little rustic they have bathrooms and showers and stuff like that but they like when we first started going there they were like 11 30 12 o'clock you need to be out of here and for the first couple of times, they would meet us there until, like, I think just this past year, they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so now we can, like, now it's, like, kind of, like, calm down. They're like, you're cool now. But, like, before, mm-hmm. it was like they would be there 11, between 11 and 12 o'clock, and you better be all your stuff off the property. 
kind of deal. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's why I was so excited to work with these people because they were just like so ready to like open up their farm for us to use. They didn't know us. They didn't know anything about LARPing before this. They just thought it was a cool idea, and they you know awesome. had the room to do it. That's, that's awesome. really cool. And that's their uh, that farm's like right outside of Lancaster, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's your that's like your target area too. So that's good. Yep. Uh, we are going to try to do uh, some events a little bit, you know, further north in like uh, Allentown area, and we want to do like a Philly area event because again with the real world setting we want to try to like go to like cool locations that we can work with and like actually fight over these locations that was just one of the ideas that one of our writers came up with and i absolutely loved because you don't have to pretend that you know the boy scout camp is you know mars you know it's the boy <laughs> scout camp yeah. and you have a reason to be there and want to take it over yeah <laughs> there's a lake for fishing or there's shelter right or exactly clean pool. water yeah, yeah there's cows <laughs> people yeah it's we really yeah. like that idea and we want to kind of run with that a little bit yeah, that's perfect cool um anything else unique about the game that you're trying to incorporate or something you really like from old games that you were making sure is in there one of our one of our biggest things and I, I i've said this is this is absolutely we we created this as a safe space larp you know, and we did that on on, on purpose because we don't want people, you know, to feel like they're going to be bullied off the field. We don't want people to feel like they're going to come out and there's going to be a, a central click that's going to keep them out of, you know, being a part of the game. You know, we've uh, tried to set up the game that you come out your first day, you don't know anybody, we have somewhere for you to go. Each faction has a beginning warband that takes in new players. You learn the game there. And warbands are mini, mini factions within the larger factions because the factions all have an idea of what they want the world to look like. Warbands all have a specific path to how they want to get there. Uh, it's like political parties, pretty much. And so if, once you've learned the rules, uh, you can either stay with the beginning uh, faction or you and two other friends can go off and start your own uh, faction and start creating your own narrative for the game. So I, I think that's one of the more unique things is you don't have to come to me or any other writer to get a permission for a storyline. If you want to start a cult that thinks eating people will prevent you from getting CHF, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. You know, you, you'll be in the lawless, but, you know, absolutely. There's, there's room for that. One of the big unique attributes I think uh, our game has is a faith system. We didn't want magic. We didn't want, um, you know, people throwing fireballs or anything like that. Well, we wanted to have some sort of mystical element, but I right. wanted something that was somewhat grounded. So we have a faith system, and it doesn't matter what faith you follow. You can even just believe in yourself a whole lot, and you uh, have access to these minor miracles. None of them are anything, you know, absolutely game-breaking. You can't permanently kill a player, but you might be able to bring a player back to life, but it does damage to you. Um, you might be able to uh, fire a single shot from your gun that does an enormous am uh, amount of damage to an uh, armor or shield. Um, it's all stuff that just slightly might change the tide of uh, battle. And we left it so it's, are these things really divine and mystical, or is this just really the impact of human belief? And it's up to the players to decide. There's no hard answer to that. Mm. No, I like the the openness and the anything could happen. It's, it's a game bit of, of it's a, Game of Thrones before season five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. One, exactly. of, one of our goals to, to, to keep things somewhat grounded. Like, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Stand by Stephen King. Yes, mm. uh, that was a, a huge inspiration on the game. Just, uh, I I really liked the idea of people really being separated by their values and faith um, 
uh, as a, a separation rather than good or evil per se, because you can be in any faction and be a good good person or an evil person, maybe not in the lawless. Um, it, the stories are human. I wanted, I really want to tell human stories and let people get into dealing with humanity in a world where there's no restrictions to how you live your life. Nice. Do you imagine there being kind of more combat versus role playing? Because something I read in your website or the rule book made it sound like uh, it's mostly going to be the doing the battles and, and fighting over these resources and stuff. But it does sound like a lot of what we're talking about could end up being... Or maybe it's just like you're saying, it's up to the players. If they show up and they want to just talk through everything or <laughs> share their stories, it might be that. There's a mix. What, what we have is we have set battles. And set battles okay. are like the big pinnacle related to the story arc battles that the factions are going to be in, involved in. In between that is a, a semi-freeform thing where players can uh, go out, explore a little bit, interact with each other, and try to dissect the story on their own terms. Things all come to a head in these these set battles, and the set battles are big combat things. They're predominantly uh, combat events. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean they have to be. It, it, you, your faction could abstain from it for whatever re reason, or maybe your faction does something during the 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 its free time that completely negates the battle completely, and uh, that's a possibility. Players come up with uh, so many creative solutions to situations. I'm not above having to change a battle to suit the narrative that the players are on uh, because, you know, maybe their narrative is better than the one I have. Sure. Yeah. I have an idea between uh, larger battles and uh, we won't tell people but hide stashes of resources. Mm -hmm. That you literally stumble across by accident, and maybe the other faction found it too, and then you have a mini battle that happens right there. Right, and that's that's something that's that's going to happen when people are they can go out and explore areas and uh, stuff like that. That's where the lawless get to set up a trap for the survivors so they can kill and eat them, or mm -hmm. the survivors uh, spend time, you know, fortifying an area so. When the uh, lawless do attack, they're ready for them. The outsiders can be doing whatever they're doing because they're kind of the wild card. You don't know. They might jump in and help either side, or they may try to spend the entire event trying to screw everybody over so nobody <laughs> wins. And, like, I'm not going to tell anybody they can't do something. Like, it, if that's how you want to play the game, you should go play it that way. And after August, we're going to get a better feel for how uh, the game is run, and we're going to tailor it. I want to mm -hmm. make the game fit better for the players, so if it ends up we need a little bit less combat, we'll go that way. If you know we find out that combat really needs to be ramped up, we'll do that too. This I made a game for players. I didn't write a game for me so much. It was just, I wanted a game where we could play and have fun. And I could go out with my friends and just do crazy stuff. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> so are you going to share any of your plans, Brittany, on how you're going to survive the weekend? <laughs> or you have to find out in-game? Um... Or, your, or your motivations or something, maybe. I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but I'm just curious. I don't really have a lot of details myself. My, I, I can tell you a little bit about my idea for the, the starting warband. Uh, basically, the idea is that um, my character wants to rebuild, regrow. The reason why society failed is because we got too dependent on technology and the way to rebuild and regrow is get back to nature and do what we need to do. Thanks. Like, society is important. We need roads, we need infrastructure, but we need to be less dependent on it. Mm -hmm. More of an 
cultural society. Yes. All right. That's def that's definitely. Hey, this is the per this is definitely the perfect uh, uh, location to uh, set that war band up at. Yeah. Nice. It certainly is. The future farmers of America. <laughs> <laughs> you should call them that. <laughs> it's not, but you know. I'm going to call them that. Post future <laughs> farmers. Yeah. I want to talk about the membership a little bit because uh, you had that kind of spelled out specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, if you just want to share how that is going to work and sort of your thought behind it. Yes. Um, we formed this as a club specifically because I was, I, like I was saying, we, we, we've dealt with toxic people. We wanted a way that we automatically had a flat out way of being able to ban or remove problematic people. By forming it as a club, we have membership, we have the right to refuse membership, and we have the right to refuse service uh, to people. We also have uh, a certain amount of rights afforded to us as a club versus, you know, being, you know, uh, a business. Okay. So we decided to go that way. And I know that the membership thing seems a little weird to people, but when you get to know the game and that the fact that once you're a member, you have all these rights and abilities to change the game, it gives people a lot more freedom and power in the game than just being paying customer number whatever. Mm, sure. You're not just buying our product, you're investing in our product and being a part of it. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you started to like talk about that at the beginning of the podcast, that's what I was I was like, okay, the membership makes sense because you're really you're joining up and you want people to be knowledgeable about why things exist, like why the rules are the way they are, mm -hmm. so that when they do become members, they can you know, influence in a way that's productive, you know, right. right. It, it's not about, it's not about gatekeeping or keeping people out. As a matter of fact, you automatically get approved as a provisional member just for coming and signing up. There's not like we do, do checks or anything. It's, it's just a way for us to protect our other members. You know, and once you become a member, you're protected the same way everybody else is. Cool. Yeah, like I said, it, it seemed unique, but yeah, I like how you described it, though. And, and the whole game is, as a whole is, is different in that uh, players influencing the rules. And I mean, any game will have that, like they want feedback, but, you know, sometimes sometimes I think it's hard for a player to have sort of the full scope of everything and how changing this might affect this because they weren't involved in the whole process to begin with, you know. I'm, I'm going to give you a, a really neat example of, of something that, that happened. We have a new player, and he had been involved for maybe a couple weeks, but this guy, he just devoured every piece of information he could about the game. He was just, like, really, really into everything. And he suggested a rule that we liked so much, we put it in the rules for a playtesting in August. The flaming arrow. Yeah, flaming we, we, we added yeah, flaming arrows to the game because this guy's idea <laughs> of how they should work was just so good. Like you know, it doesn't matter if you're in the game for two weeks or you've been here for the two years since we started. If you have a Ethan. a great idea, we're gonna listen to you. Sure. Um, Lightner, uh, Ethan Lightner. Yeah. Yep. Good job, Ethan. If Thanks, you're Ethan. You're a man. No, that's cool. Yeah, and like you said, now he's probably going to be super invested and, and mm -hmm. want to show up and shoot everybody with as many flaming arrows as he can. Absolutely. <laughs> you love him, players hate him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, they're going to be that, that guy they're going to get hit with him and be like, Ethan, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's all my food. Just don't shoot me. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be his own warband. Flaming arrows, hellfire, something like that. We, we like listening to uh, people's ideas because I had been try I had tried to come up with an idea, a way to put flaming arrows in the game, and everything I was coming up with just made them so op in the 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 scope of everything else in the game. I felt it was unbalancing. He came out. He's like, "Well, what if they uh, do extra damage to infected?" And I'm like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. I'm like, yeah, because that, that way it doesn't break 
PvP, but it like makes archery a little bit more beneficial against infected. Loved it. Put it in the yeah. rules for play testing. Loved it so much. Well, now he's going to shoot him from uh, bikes, though. Yes. Funny is you say that. I'm pretty sure that he had an idea for something he wanted to build out of bikes, and I'm not even. Well, sure. he he posted an hour ago. Oh, did he? Because yeah. I've been yeah. I've been looking yeah, through the through the, the group. Build a biker gang. Yeah, yeah <laughs> motorcycle true. war band. I, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gonna be shooting for. He's gonna be like. You know what's funny is like because him and I were talking about that in private. And I, uh, there's this movie, uh, Turbo Kid. And if yeah, you yeah. haven't seen it, oh movie, my god, that movie! <laughs> oh, it's so great. I loved the idea of a post-apocalyptic world run by BMX gangs because <laughs> it, ma- it makes sense. I mean, you don't have you don't have fuel and everything. What do you have? Bikes, oh, yeah. bikes yeah. everywhere. I, I, I loved, I loved it. I loved it. So when he brought that up, I'm like, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that idea a whole whole lot. You should, you should definitely run with that. Cool. What else are you kind of looking forward to seeing uh, players come up with or kind of see come to life that you've thought up or put in the rulebook or anything? So I do want to mention there was a few ideas that personally, um, I personally got into this and I started talking to my girlfriend about this and she just jumped whole heart into it. She has all these projects she's doing now for this game that's just... So crazy. She's emptying like a car battery to put like real batteries in to uh, power a, a work light she's gonna ha- be hanging on her costuming. <laughs> she's also, I think she mentioned making a LARP safe uh, like barrel, like medical, yes. chemical waste barrels, yes. so that she can throw it at people. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have these rules in the game for insanely huge weapons. So, yeah, I like that. What one one day um, I, I just I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this throw this idea out there I was like hey is, does anybody ever want it, want wanted to yeet a ba- barrel at somebody in, in a LARP yes. you know <laughs> let's work out let's work this out so we did and now we have uh, a rule for huge thrown weapons you know uh, one of the things I want to build is a cooler some huge cooler <laughs> I just want to throw a cooler at people like you know it's <laughs> You know, it's supposed to have like rocks in it or something, but it's just going to be a mm-hmm. big cooler. Yeah. Make a keg. Oh, that's a good one too. A keg. That's that's a great one too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. So yeah, as survivory and you know the uh, horror elements is, uh, there are in the game, it, we're having fun. It, it's it's awesome. about having fun. I mean, I'm getting a frying pan commission to smack people <laughs> with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet classic. It's- I'm that's, sure. been a, that's been a dream of mine for like only maybe a year and a half now, just to have a frying pan to smack people over the head with. Nice. I have lots of bricks. <laughs> All the bricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that game I mentioned earlier, he was actually playing on his own property. So he and he works, uh, he's like a contractor or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he built a lot of sets and they had these full collapsible walls made out of like foam and styrofoam and stuff like that. Uh, so they would have to like rebuild, actually rebuild the wall, and then have something else like tear through it, nice. and all this stuff. But they were just you know super light things that were supposed to be concrete slabs or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a shame I live up here because I own some property in Virginia. Oh, okay. Like you don't know how bad I just want to turn that into like <laughs> wasteland and just yeah. like, you know. <laughs> it, it's more. it's eight hours away, but so yeah. you know, it doesn't help anybody. You wouldn't have me then, because then there's no way I'm driving to Virginia. No, but nobody's driving, driving for one for driving. once a year. For once a year, once a year. Oh, yeah. oh there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, guests are small. I, mean, I, I totally go if y'all are driving. Did did a once a year big of it? Oh, maybe, maybe I I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> Copperhead. I, I can't come into work. I've been kidnapped. <laughs> That's the hook. Yeah. But yeah, we're 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 uh, we're excited, and I'm I'm really excited about all the new people and all the new members that we've got because we have a lot of really excited uh, new players uh, that have been uh, drafted in through mutual friends or uh, they heard about it through somebody, 
and like I said, you know, we had uh, we had six core members, and maybe like twenty people on the page, and now we're we're close to a hundred, and you know, I think we're at uh, one hundred twenty-eight. Wow! Whoa, wow! Wow! I'm. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. We're, we're we 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 definitely uh we we we've definitely got a uh, a lot of attention now. So uh, I'm really excited about uh the future of the game. Sweet, that's cool. Yeah, and I think there's something about um just the game you're describing. I think that uh is probably attractive for players. Um, you know, like you're saying, like just come up with what you want to play and and bring it to life in the world. Um, I mean that's kind of a core thing of LARP anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now it's just probably hitting a mark for people where it's like not a lot of restrictions or it's a pretty open system and um, and the, a setting they enjoy or whatever. It's or not just another, you know, fantasy LARP. Nothing against that. I love it. Right. But... Well, that was one of the things. <laughs> we definitely didn't want to do fantasy just because yeah. there's, there's so many... Uh, Shame. Fan- just <laughs> all everybody ever thinks of when someone says a lark. Yes, they're like knights and and wizards and like no. Yeah, one no. of the one of the things we liked about post-apocalyptic setting is you can go in your closet with yeah. uh, a box cutter and sandpaper and make a costume. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know that's your investment just to get started and come try out and see if you like it. You know, uh, we use boffers, so you can make your own your own weapon. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to spend a hundred dollars on a, a camisole weapon. It's it's just quick and easy to get people. And of course, we allow like big plasti dipped boffers and everything. So if people really want to go all out and make their weapons look great, we encourage that. But you know, it's it's not a necessity. It's uh, you know something that everybody can. Uh, get involved in, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what their budget is, it's, you know, cheap right. to get, get started in. Right. Before coming here, I was literally at Goodwill picking up the first pieces of my costuming and spent <laughs> maybe $20. Yeah, right? That's what, that's what I was going to say. I love Goodwill and thrift store shopping, and I'm always thinking, like, oh, that could be this, or, oh, if I ever make a character in this game. <laughs> well, the great starter armor piece is, uh, you know, like, football shoulder pads. Like, oh, yeah. We find them all the time, but they're usually in youth size. Mm. Works so, for her, because yeah. she's youth size. So. <laughs> End of the world. you got to use what you find. That's you great. Can, I mean, they're not, shoulder. <laughs> they're not too hard to, like, take apart and, like, redo the straps so it, like, fits, like... Yeah. Right, over. yeah. We grabbed a pair for $5 at Goodwill yeah. the other day. I'm like, well, I'm going to do something with these. Yeah, because you can always, like... <laughs> cut off like the one shoulder and just use that and create a strap right, to go around something yep yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the things that we did like uh our, our armor systems like our armor systems like it, nobody's a tank nobody nobody can you know go out and spend a thousand dollars and come out and have 25 extra hits there's like really two levels of armor that players uh have access to there is an advanced level that's for you might earn one of these in game or find one, and then there's NPC armor, which that that has special rules and it it gets tweaked slightly depending on how hard we need the uh, NPC to be. It, it might be immune to gunfire or it might be immune to one-handed hits or or something like that. So they have special rules for special armor. So you have these these factions. Uh, do you anticipate there being uh, a lot of animosity, like outside of town? Like, if you see someone so. from their faction, they're, like <laughs> you're gunning for them. Yeah, I, I really hope so. Uh, like a real like horde alliance. Like you see them, they're dead. Like, <laughs> well, you see that, that that's where the war bands come in. You know, the war bands are how people are going to achieve their goals so you could have a survivor warband that's really really militant and their goal is just to absolutely wipe the lawless out of existence or you might have a survivor warband that you know wants to you know somehow find a way to like you know break them down you know in like a psyop maneuver you know it's you know nobody has to go out and physically fight to do things you can fight your own way, you know. It's uh, war bands have the uh, option to uh, 
you know, just be players who have the similar mindset for how they want to shape the world. Cool. See, uh, I need I need rules limitations because I just I just go all out. Uh, this this you can see right here is a diving suit that I made for. Awesome. Uh, I was wondering what it was <laughs> for a buddy of mine's LARP, and um, right here. Uh, a, a guitar pedal goes in there, and then a an amplifier. This little thing goes in the back. Oh, that's and so I, awesome! And I, uh, the it's a post-apocalyptic game. It's a little more like um, goofy. Not mm-hmm. like go- it's not like goofy, but it's more like a campy kind of feel to it. I like it's Borderlands. Of, yeah, Borderlands, kind of. but like like a lot of Cthulhu and Lovecraftian kind of stuff built into the game. Oh, and, cool. um, Which one's that? Uh, it's called Weird. W Y R D. Oh, you know, I, oh, think, I know that one. I think yeah. I've, I might have to check that out a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because it's my friend's life. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and so I was looking through the rule book and I wanted to play a shaman. And I was like, you know what? Can I play this like with an electric guitar and just cast everything while playing? <laughs> and he was like, you know what? Let me think about it. And then he came back. He's just like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, ah, why did he say yes? Now I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no self-control. Well, so, uh, Ezra, <laughs> who's not here, it has a, a, a special uh, something they're working on where they're taking a kid's uh, battery-powered ATV and taking the governor off of it and putting a boombox in it. And it's just, like, going to, like, zip around, and it just, like, full Mad Max, like, they're just going to come riding down you the street. You need to stop telling me these things, because I'm going to ATV. not want to be at war with these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. My we, job is to be at war with these people. Yeah, we have so many creative people just, you know really like uh coming out with their own ideas and because we don't have a, a, a set format really it's just you know bring what you 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 want to bring mm-hmm. and, I'm, i mean i'm already getting ideas i'm like it's like <laughs> i think if i would come in i'd come in as like a gang of little kids who have only stuffed animals and like wear <laughs> animal hats bright colors <laughs> Get one of those unicorn bike helmets. Yes. <laughs> because an episode of Futurama. <laughs> oh yeah. He thinks or he's outside of LA. Future. Yeah. yeah. What our, our writer uh, Barry? He he he's got some kids. He he wants to like bring them out for an event and just be like the kids from uh, Beyond Thunderdome and just have all these like <laughs> feral kids. And I'm like, oh yeah. You know what? I, I, I'm 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 pretty down with that. Let's make sure that's at one of our dry sites. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm very willing to uh, put some safety precautions in place for the kids. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of lawless little children. Yes, that's exactly what he wants to do. I think that's just, just little knives. Children. Just like we don't want to kill them. They're little kids. It's morally wrong. And they're just like stabbing you. I can't stop. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like one of the when uh, when Maureen and I were uh, discussing this, and it was the twenty dollar LARP. It was uh, it was really inspired by Community, like their paintball yeah. episodes, <laughs> yeah. or okay. yeah. lava episodes. We just loved how committed people were to these like really like the Flores Lava episode is just beautiful. They like form their their like own gangs and they have like gods and stuff that they invent and i'm like i want that as a game and that's where post pandemic came from and so that's we we kept that core value in the games like here come here and create your own mini game within our universe just mm-hmm. cannibalism yes with a lot more, there is a lot of cannibalism yeah. <laughs> different episode of community <laughs> Cool. Anything else? Um, don't want to keep you up all night, but it does sound really cool, and it's it's fun. To, we haven't talked to a LARP in a long time, actually, on the show, so it's really cool to meet you guys, kind of on the ground floor, and hear your uh, energy and passion behind it. Which, well, we're uh, really glad you had us, and I'm glad you uh, invited us on. Uh, like, we're glad to get the, uh, the word out about us because we do want to grow, and we're definitely in the growing stages at this point. So. 
it's a good time to uh, get involved and get your foot in the door. No, I want a war cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a way to do it. <laughs> One of the things I, I said to a friend, friend, of, friend of mine, it's actually in the rules in, in our group is no politics. And uh, a friend of mine said, well, you know, why are you uh, banning politics? I'm like, because the world's over. All the politicians are dead. There's no reason to fight anymore. Everybody just, you know, play the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Topia. Yep, absolutely. Every, everybody, everybody, you know, just play the game. You know, N- nothing like that exists here. It's you, you're you're creating the world. You don't have to worry about what people are doing in the real world right now because they're all going to be dead in thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. I thought everything tasted like chicken. Not people. It tastes like ham. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Other than All right, so let's get the best way for people to get information and get involved and get signed up and everything. Oh yeah, if uh, people go to uh, postpandemic.com, that's our uh, our temporary uh, website. We're working on a much better one, but if you go to uh, postpandemic.com, it has a link to our Facebook group. It also has uh, other useful links and starting at midnight it will have the newest edition of the rules up and it will have the pre-register uh, ticket sales uh, are going to go up uh, starting at midnight. So if you uh, check us out tomorrow, we, uh, all the latest information will be uh, up on the site. Yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, that should all be live by the time this airs. So Great. definitely check it out. Very cool. Anything else people ought to know? Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Pocket sand. Uh, pocket sand. Absolutely. <laughs> everybody should everybody should do pocket I just, sand. I love the fact that that's a skill in yes. goddamn. Yeah. Pocket sand. Yeah, we, we kept a sense of humor even in the skills. I did have um, a thing to mention. Uh, sure. Some LARPs allow vendors. So we were thinking of allowing if there are people who want to sell certain LARP related items and stuff because there will be some time, some downtime between fights. Or they can even role-play it, actually selling it in real life, but they can role-play being traders in-game and stuff like that. Yeah, we're trying to get, we're trying to keep the things immersive. I do have, and on that, that note, I do have another thing to, to mention. We have a large section of medievalists in the group. If you're a LARPer and you're interested in the game, but you only have medieval LARP stuff, wear it. Because I know so many people... Who, when the world ends, they're grabbing their chainmail and going out outside with an axe. And so, play that. Be that guy. You know, the world's over. You know, get your kilt, get your chainmail. You know, be mm-hmm. you. So, uh, yeah, that that was. Uh, I was really excited when uh, we had people that were interested in doing that, uh, just because you know something that I had originally uh, thought about. But as interest came in on that, I really started like liking the idea more and more. Just because, like I said, I know people who would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, when you first said that about, you know, the world, it is the world, and whatever is there is there. I thought of that. I was like, wow, there is real armor. You could yep. wear Absolutely. armor. <laughs> and it might be laying around from some LARPer that died 30 years exactly. ago. <laughs> Spent all his money on actual chainmail. The uh, movie Doomsday is actually a whole faction of people living in a castle wearing medieval armor. So, <laughs> there you go. Good movie, movie Doomsday. That's a that's a great movie. People don't talk about that enough. I want people to see the movie Doomsday. That's the other thing I I, I want to say on the podcast. <laughs> that's the real message tonight. Yeah, watch it now. And nothing else. That's great. Alrighty. Thanks very much, Dom, Brittany, and Maureen for joining us. Game sounds really fun. Check out their Facebook page and postpandemic.com for all the info and to be on the farm and see if you survive. But this has been 321 Leon Podcast, Next Level Nerds LARP Podcast. Visit nextlevelnerd.com if you want to connect with us. Check out all of our other podcasts, the Next Level Nerd Movie Podcast. We have Sugar Frosted Cereal covering TV shows. The Nerd Herd Gaming Podcast covering Uh, All kinds of gaming, tabletop, video games, and more. And Beyond the Multiverse, our newest podcast 
about those who wish to get into comic books. You can find any of our shows, just search Next Level Nerd anywhere. You can support us by telling somebody about the show you liked and having them listen to it, following us on Facebook, giving us a review on iTunes, all those things help us out a ton. But until next time, LARP enthusiasts, thank you very much for listening. Remember, spread the word, spread the nerd. He's going to have an army of battle cows. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Put all the cows in armor! It's not quite cannibalism, but it's just as bad. You can make armor out of your own skin. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really uh, sad uh, Ezra, our lawless uh, faction leader, couldn't, couldn't join us. Uh, because yeah, I, I'm sure they would uh, be uh, all about making uh, human skin armor. Oh god! <laughs> yes, yeah. so they're all dead. Yeah, it's good. Everything's <laughs> fine.